I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Here podcast where we're going to have a good old rant about Sunderland as we do every week, every season. Yes, mm. Gareth, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think. That's what, that's what Gareth thinks. Great insight from Gareth Barker there. We're joined in the studio, Gary Foster. First time you've been on in a while, Gary. One of yes, our own, nice of course. Cheers. He's one of our own. We could do one of those chants for Gary and get it like, <laughs> set to Can't see it yet. Off feed so well. him in. No, I don't have any. We'll, we'll keep saying every week. We don't know if there'll be anybody listening still, to be honest. <laughs> Although there have been a few people on Twitter suggesting that they quite like it when things go really bad so you can have a good. They can listen to a good go rant. Go really bad. <laughs> well, continue. Go really bad. Yeah. Continue. Oh. Or reoccur. Yeah. It reoccurs, doesn't it? Because we have that little yeah. spike at the end of the season <laughs> where things look all right. Uh, we're joined by Richard Manier as well from the Sunderland Echo, who's going to be here for a little bit, uh, he, which is good for us, Richard, because you were at the game and none, none of us were, although we probably all watched it um, through illegal streams and, <laughs> and similar <laughs> methods. Are you going to like, try and possibly come in <laughs> with some sort of like. Well, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's be honest. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get in trouble of anybody, are we? Well, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> I'm not sure how that find could happen. Someone will start we'll no, calling the internet we'll for not, IP addresses. We'll not name any public houses or anything that you might have... Uh, who opens the, uh, the, house, who opens so. the wise men CML, get the lawyer's letter? Oh, <laughs> yeah. They'll come to my house, that won't <laughs> I'm fine with that, right. OK. <laughs> Richard, you were there. Um... <laughs> what can you? What can you even? You know, you, you were there. Talk us. For, t- tell us your overriding feeling after the game because it's almost like one of those where you think, had they scored ten minutes in, you would have kind of just you're at the stage where you would have shrugged your shoulders and said, "Used to it now." But then, of course, four minutes in injury time and they give you that little bit of hope again, don't they? And then take it gets taken away from you. It's the Sunderland way. Well, <laughs> certainly is. I mean, they certainly deserved a point. I think it was a, it was an awful first twenty minutes. You know, you can't I don't think you can sort of. Get away from that. Yeah. They couldn't but cope with the yeah. West Ham formation. Um, Payet had three good chances, and then he hit the post after about half an hour or so. So they could easily have been out of sight really after the first half hour. But credit to Sunderland, you know, they dug in and they fought their way back in, and then they probably had the better of the first half hour or the second half. I would say they had a couple of good chances. Kasri should have, you know, he should have nailed on, scored that goal just two minutes after the restart. Um, and then from then on, they just you could just see them getting further and further back. Same old, really. Well, that's, they don't have the confidence. That's so. interesting. We'll hear from David Moyes now on that. Well, it's difficult because we were so disappointed to lose so late on. But uh, I've watched the game again. I've, I've spoke with the players. And actually, we played well in the second half. Last 10 minutes, we just started to drop off a little bit. But that might have been the fear of you know thinking that we're going to lose something or we couldn't go on and win it, whatever it may be. But uh, overall, the players had played well. And uh, I've told them that today as well. So they they should take a lot of confidence from from a lot of things we've done. There's bits we're doing better. There's bits we're not doing quite so well, but but we're doing okay. 
When we talk about Sunderland in years to come, Richard, I think people will look at this game and talk about a substitution that David Moyes made. He's just referenced the fact that Sunderland dropped too deep there. We could all yeah. see that. I was just wondering, you know, the bit where he says maybe it was, maybe it was fear. Mm. Maybe it was a, is he talking about the players there or, is, or himself? Because he made the decision. Well, does anybody... Well, I mean, we haven't even actually said what the substitution was and everybody knows what substitution I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And that's so taking Kazri off and putting Billy Jones on. Where, um, where did he... Pl- where did he play? Like an auxiliary right back. Well, Richard was the guy there. Yeah, so. he sort of he pushed Manquillo further forward, really. So Manquillo was a wide right midfield, and Billy Jones was right back. I mean, I made the point in the echo today. I, I personally had brought on an Ichibi alongside yeah. Defoe. Well, yeah. well, I think that's a. That's I think a, I, you mean you, you looked it? at the game, didn't you? And the way it was going there, I thought the last 10, 15 minutes, you thought we've got a chance to win this here because West Ham are going to get a little bit desperate. Because the way Sunderland are playing at the moment, no side's going to think a point at home to Sunderland's a good result. So that can almost make teams go a little bit reckless and overcommit. And that's what I was looking at, thinking, last 10 minutes here, make a positive substitution, as you say, get an outlet on up front, because we could catch these here and we could even nick this. And then he made that change, which just invited all this pressure on us. We saw it in Man City the first game of the season when he took the fourth, when we didn't look like we were going to concede in a million years. And we took the fourth and the players went, Ten yards further back, and we conceded a late goal. So it's not the first. And he brought Donald Love on in central midfield against Southampton, yeah. and where again we were winning that game, and we we ended up conceding. So it's not the first time. So it's. I just think it's interesting to listen to Moy say that, almost it, as if as if this as if it's, a, you know, it's irrelevant. All it did was give West Ham the opportunity to put more strikers on the pitch. They brought Kajeri on for Zaza, um, and then. Like Zaza's more looks like more of a number ten read, isn't he, than a striker anyway? But mm. he was kind of playing up front, and then you know they brought on they already had uh, two playing off him in in, in Lanzini and uh, Payet, and then they brought on Kajeri, and then they brought on Fletcher, and it was just like well the most defensive substitutions we made, it was like almost just gave them license to just throw attacking players onto the pitch because it was we'd signalled our intention, our intention. Was not to get anything from that get anything from that game in terms of winning it. It was to get a point, and that was. With, it's funny because he said with about half an hour or whatever we played quite well. Yeah, we were twenty minutes ago. As soon as Paddy McNair came on, it was like right, we've decided now we're going to settle for a point. I just think with the run we're on at the moment and the teams that we've faced and haven't got results against, and we've got teams that we've got to face. Why? Where else do you think we're going to get the win that we need? to kick on, as he keeps saying, and we all know. Where else is he going to get that victory if he isn't going to get it on Saturday against a poor West Ham team? Although they're full of talent, they weren't very good. They have a dreadful time at home at the moment. And it was an opportunity to, you know, like you say, make that positive change. Don't don't take bring an each be on for Kasri. Bring an each be on, you know, instead of McNair. I wouldn't have taken Watmore off. I thought, you know, he's an outlet. He didn't look particularly tired. I would have taken Kasri off first because I thought he did look tired because... He worked really hard, mm. you know. He, he was probably the main pressing force going forward. I would have taken him again. off, and uh, yeah, and, and which shows what happens when you give him a run of games. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, get it, it's just it's just unbelievable. I think like to to say to to the attitude to think well, we'll just take a point, especially when we're in the ascendancy in the game. We you know they start to get a bit ragged and they start to get a bit desperate, and they weren't exactly reckless. We, yeah. They weren't cutting us open. They weren't Pickford didn't have anything to do, and all we did was hand the initiative to West Ham. And and they won the game as a result of it. And yeah. on reflection, at the end of the game, I thought, you know what, we've been a bit unlucky there. And then the more and more I thought about it, it was like we haven't been unlucky. We've created that problem ourselves. 
and we're not unfortunate, we didn't deserve anything because we decided that we'd take a point against a bad team and we talked about this on Into the Light about going out there with treating them, you know, teams like West Ham and Stoke, like the Man City or Tottenham, they're not. They're, they're, in, the bo they're in the bottom five of the league on form at the moment and points and we go out, we go and play against them like the world beaters. You know, Phil Barsley was on the TV the other day saying Sunderland look flat. He hasn't retired and he was, wasn't watching the game. He's involved in that game. He's involved in the squad. And I think if you're playing teams and they're looking at us and going, meh, you know, look at West, West, go back to the West Brom game. Whenever you play West Brom at home, you can have a point if you want. You can have nil-nil. They'll knock it out there off. They came and attacked us. Like, what does that say? Tony Poulos thinks he can come to Sunderland and win a game. That's that's how bad we are. So what's the good news, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> good news. Um, uh, well, you did know, you notice today? Sorry to, to yeah. cut in. Now we're going to listen to Moyes again um, because you. The reason Richard I might I, not bother well, to turn over this. Well, time, <laughs> no, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. The, the reason I cut in there, Richard, was because you, you were speaking to Moyes today. Before you came in, yeah. we were having listened to, to the audio. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit more upbeat than normal. He was. Yeah, he was very upbeat. Uh, he was really. Down, down in the dumps. Obviously, as you'd expect on uh, Saturday night after, you know, gifting away. But he, he was been even, even being like that after West Brom games and after, you know, mm. maybe that's the best we can get out these players and yeah. and looking at the floor and suddenly just his voice lifted up a little bit. Yeah, it's just it's just what you'd expect to see from a manager though early on. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, it, as I say, it was a lot more positive today, and hopefully that'll uh, resonate in in the sort of players on on Wednesday night. I mean, you know, even if they can get it, I keep saying this, but. The two games they played in the cups, they've obviously won, but then they've not then used that momentum in the league either because they went two and up against Crystal Palace, but then chuck that away with another late goal as well. So, but um, but yeah, he he was very positive today. Do people think the West Ham goal was offside? Uh, no, 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 no I, 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 Well, it looked it was, there was well. inches in it. I, I, the thing is, it, it depends which angle you look at it because if you look at it from the, the the camera angle side, he doesn't look off. Um, but I think it's somebody behind the player nearest to the camera yeah. that's play that's that's uh, gets in front of the ball and he did look offside but I guess you know in the, in a situation like that you can't really blame the linesman. I mean we did have a line of nine players yeah. well, in, in the box. Let's hear from Moyes on that. Clutch, clutching at straws, aren't we? <laughs> let's hear from him on it. I never like talking about luck because I think you really earn your own luck in football. I, I really do. I think the harder you work and all all those sort of things, you know what you'd expect. I think earns your luck. But I did think on Saturday we we were we were really unlucky. But then I've had a chance to when you look back at the goal, I think. You know, why did they, the boys turn their back and walk away? There was two players on the corner kick. They should have stayed there and waited till it had been set up. They didn't. They turned and ran away. And uh, I still think the goal's offside. I think he's in line of the goalkeeper. I think he's the last man. And I think that the benefit should go to us in that situation. It's not. So a bit like you're saying, we need, you know, I think if it had been given offside, nobody would have said anything else about it. They'd have said, fine. But the goal was given, and uh, that's where we were unlucky. Okay, right. Not much to be upbeat about, and he's not exactly, you know, bouncing, <laughs> bouncing around the room, is he? <laughs> but going back to Allardyce's first game, I think last season we said, didn't we? Went to West Brom, we lost. Um, we lost against West Brom, and it was a, it was a dubious referee decision, wasn't it? And he just put everything on on the referee there, just to give his players a boost, and just almost. It's the first time you can really hear with Moyes that way. He seems to be saying to the players, you know, come on, now we'll be all right, that wasn't your fault, or try and put it behind you. Now, 
what would you, can anyone put the finger on why suddenly this would start changing, Gary? Is it because he's worried about uh, what the future may hold from perhaps? Well, maybe, but I think it's a change in strategy, isn't it? It's, it's, it's evident there. You can hear it. Yeah. Well, his brutal honesty hasn't worked, has it? I mean, coming in saying we're in bother before we even kick the ball. Fair enough. The bloke was being honest. He was saying I know we saw it, but doesn't exactly fill everybody with confidence or lift the place. I think sometimes you've got to do go down the big Sam route and just give you a load of flannel and the fans listen to it and say, oh, well, we're going to be all right. Well, a bloke coming in and saying you're doomed from the start, you know, more or less, you know, it just really hasn't sat well with the fans and I think he's mm, trying to change that, that, that. You that mentioned comment. Bardsley, didn't you? And, yeah. and Bardsley and Schwartz were sitting saying about this and they both acknowledge saying... I don't think as a player, a player wants to hear that after the Middlesbrough game when we said we're in a relegation battle. And that's professional footballers who are still playing today. So as Gareth said, that's not people who were just, you know, and my idea was different and all that. This is people who were playing in the Premier League today. Or oh, Schwarzer hasn't been this season, has he put up until last season? He was he was still a you know, bit part player, wasn't he? And they so, all know each other as well. Yeah, Players are exactly. talking to each other and they'll so be taught no. Good so we played Sunderland on yeah. the weekend, garbage. Good mates with Catamal Bardsley, for example. So... This, for him to say, oh, that's not the players are not going to take to the manager saying that. There's something in that, and it's it's good just to hear it because you start to, you start to wonder if it's you thinks that. <laughs> I think also he felt that genuinely, which I did as well, that they did deserve. I know you were saying, Gareth, you didn't feel like they did because of the the way they sat back and stuff, but I still feel that they deserve something out of the game. And because he was so good, he probably wanted to take maybe a little bit of pressure off the off the players as well. I think I mean some positives from the game, I guess, if you. After to really find them, I guess. You know, I thought Corney had a good game um, and, and looked more like himself. Mm. Um, I thought Kasri worked hard again, still his final ball isn't where it should be or what you'd expect of him, especially when he missed that opportunity at the start of the second half. You just think, why didn't he just slide it under the keeper? You know, he had a big target through his legs and that's like one of the most common things you do when you want on with the keeper, don't you? Try and put through the legs and he... Give him a bit of it. It was a bit of a gimme for the keeper. Really, well, you, you opened his body up and knew exactly yeah. where he was going to play. The ball, it, to be fair, the ball didn't. It just he couldn't get it quite from out of his feet. Could he? he didn't really pick up the pace, and he kind of had to really. Well, he could have taken another touch or whatever, but you it's, know, he was deflected in him as well, wasn't yeah, it? So it was wasn't a of, it? Yeah, it was a bit of a yeah. funny one. But, but he's, either way, he should, he have, he should have buried that. Yeah. And Watmore thought had a decent game um, after you know a bit of a shaky start, um, but you know the the midfield again. Doesn't really offer anything, does it? Really, I mean. And Dong looked. And Richard, Dong you were there. He, he, yeah, yeah. In the to me, that half. looked like it was by far the worst he's played since he's yeah. been here. I thought he was poor at Stoke as well, and I thought he was poor again. He was so side. far off the pace. Yeah, I mean, just watching him through the screen, it was like mm. he was attracted to the ball like a yeah. fly, like flyer, and he the earth like fly, fly like fire, and they were just passing it around him, and you could see yeah. every time you you were thinking, no, don't don't just go dive, no, don't just run after it, don't just run after it, and he was just running after it, and they were just. They were moving yeah. it around him and he too looked, tight. Right? Oh, it was. I think some of the stuff, some of the stuff I was saying from France about when we signed him was like the French club seemed to think it was another season before he'd be ready. And I think, particularly given the way we're playing, I think he's finding a little bit out of his depth at the moment. I think he's, he's struggling. To, like you see, he's chasing Saturday, chasing shadows. He's try, trying to maybe get involved. Mm. By throwing himself around Almost the pitch, too but it's hard just and yeah, taking, it's it, it's taking like, the wrong approach. To be it. more, be more clever about Controlled. how you approach it. You know what I mean? Like mm. think about it a bit more. Yeah, put your body on the line and stuff like that. Put yourself about a bit, but be a bit more measured in how you do it, rather than just run. Like it was a bit like when you were a kid, and like when you were playing football. There was always that lad who just sort of 
ran around like trying to get mm. headless chicken yeah and, and like and then we just passed it around him and he was still running about there in the 90 mm. minutes and that's the way he came across on Saturday for me Pro- problem was as is he can't really bring him out of the team at the minute because no. no. there aren't any other options I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't I mean I, I wouldn't drop him I no. think you know, the money they've paid for him and there's obviously the potential there. They've got to just keep playing him, keep playing him until he starts to work. Um, it would help if, you know, uh, we could get some points on the board and build a bit of confidence. I mean, you know, regardless of the performance or whatever, the situation we went into the back of that game, you know, with, with eight, eight games, only two points, looking like we're going to get the third point of the season, you know, we might look at that disappointingly because, you know, handed the initiative to West Ham when we could have pressed on and maybe got more than a, a point, and we ended we came away with nothing. You know, how are they gonna? How are the players gonna feel and respond to that? Because they must be on the floor, um, and thinking why does it keep happening? You know, will they lose faith in the manager? I, it feels as though when I'm watching them, they don't really. I wouldn't say they're not playing for him, but they don't exactly. They're not exactly. You know, running through big walls for a mother. I mean, it's it's all a little bit. Is that is that not rather to do with like like you say low confidence and rather than it's not so much they're not trying, I'm not busting the gut. It's just no, I think flat. they are trying. I, think, I just the, think that I think the fans it, yeah. are flat, the players are flat. You know what yeah. I mean? And now the managers start to be upbeat. I mean, you, but is that upbeat? I mean, is, like, is that upbeat? <laughs> I mean, in, depth, in comparison, it's more positive in his approach. I would say. Yeah. The worry, yeah. they just the, the worry. It's so worrying that. You know the, the comments again that are going to come back, come back to bite him on the backside. Things like, "I was off the job when Sam took it, and I didn't feel as though I could keep them up, so I didn't take it." I mean, and now he's got a worse group of players than he had then. And then before the game at the weekend, he was saying stuff like, "Oh, you know, we'll try and get through to January and be in touch." Yeah. But then we'll have to look at the situation and decide basically whether or not it's worthwhile bothering. Yeah, I've, like, I've well, personally, so you're I've, just gonna so I've paid five hundred pounds for my season ticket, and you're gonna give up halfway through the season because there's no hope. I mean, I can give up. You're you you're I've paid, so I'm allowed to give up. You're not allowed to give up, and you you know you've you know, got. Per, it's just. A, I personally think a little bit that maybe I'm looking for excuses to try and defend them a little bit. But I think I think the feel good factor was so much at the end of last season. That everybody thought, oh, we're eventually moving forward. We won't mm. be in that situation again. I mm. think it's hit everybody like a ton of bricks. It really yeah. has. It was, I, you know, in previous se- seasons, we sort of steered up and went, right, we're worried we're going to have to rebuild for next season. This season, it sort of yeah. finished in everybody was like, doesn't matter, Sam will get it right. We're all right. We're going to go forward. Starting and 11 looked all right, didn't they? Yeah, yeah and then it keeps, it keeps going back to what he's done and all that anyway. But I wanna, we're going to come back and I'm gonna, we're going to have a look at where Sunderland have been over Christmas previously and see what we've got to do just to give ourselves a chance. And we've also, we did a poll on Twitter about whether you think we should stick with Moyes or get rid, so we'll have a look. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, 
fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. For the results. Later, Christmas. Thanks to Richard for coming along there. Dedication that Richard's came along, even though he could only fit us in for 20 minutes. And he's, he's working sitting, away in the he's background now. He's doing his copy now in the Sun FM studios, which is very. It's appreciated. Cool. I'm going to look over his shoulder so I can see what's going to be in tomorrow's paper. <laughs> yeah, five screen reasons. Screenshot. Five, that's the yeah. thing that's in everything now, and five reasons. Five why reasons why happen. we're bad. Why something we're unlucky on. And give you only five. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's interesting, guys, I think, is two points at this stage of the season. Okay. So I thought I would I would go back and I would have a look at the the, the relegation threatened seasons we've had in the, in the Premier League. Out of is this our tenth season back in now? Is that right? I think it is. Isn't it? 2007 we got promoted. Feels like the first. Yeah, so it'll be our tenth. So <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six of those seasons. So basically we've had three where we weren't um, relegation threatened. I would say. Halcyon days. <laughs> <laughs> but what I thought I would do was because I can remember some of those seeming really, really bleak as well, and we've somehow, by hook or by crook, managed to get ourselves out of it. So I wanted to see what kind of point total Sunderland had by Christmas so box, up to the Boxing Day game okay. so we're going to have a look at that compare where we are now have a look at who we've got in that time to see if we can even give ourselves a chance because let's be honest some of these seasons things have looked really bleak ok so the first season back in the Premier League 2007-2008 under Roy Keane four points including Boxing Day four, sorry 14 points including Boxing Day and where were we in the league? Uh, I, I don't know where we don't were know. at the time, no, but we were, we had 14 points. We finished on 39, 39 points on, in 15th. The next season, which was Keane strokes of Bregia, because uh, Keane got sacked halfway through that season. Now, that's the season Newcastle went down, um, and we only finished on 36 points. And we actually had 24, including Boxing Day. Blimey. That shows how it can work either way, doesn't it? Because that means when you got 12 points from, from when, Boxing yeah, Day when onwards. Was, when, was, when was Keane sacked then? Jan- January? I'm so like we, it was after we the had more points with him Bolton. than we, we got yeah. beaten up Bolton 4 1 at home, didn't we? Janu- I'm sure it was January. We had more oh, points with him than we had with January. Yeah, I couldn't look that up. He's written off as a failure. We had back, really didn't we have back to back wins over Christmas or something? Yeah. I think, we I think beat, it was January. Um, we, beat, we, beat we beat West, West Brom at home 4 0 and then pull away 4 1. I'm pretty sure it was January. I think he got sacked earlier. I think it was probably November time, December. I think he had. No, because he had. We beat Newcastle in October, and then he had about five games, and then he got sacked. Right, okay. Oh, well, he walked. He after walked, five didn't he? Six, yeah, it might right? be in November. So it was in November yeah. time. Right, okay, fair enough. But that actually surprised a little bit, because that was the lowest points total we've had in the Premier League since we've been back up 36 points, and we had 24 by Christmas. So that that just shows it can work both yeah. ways. Your season can be top-heavy as well, can't it? Um, then we had a little bit of a break, and the next relegation-threatened season wasn't until 12-13. Spoiled. Um, like the first season under Kane, we had 14 points at Christmas. Now, we won on Boxing Day that year. Okay, But 14 points at Christmas, again, is sort of the benchmark. Again, like Kane's season, we finished on 39 points. We finished in 17th place. The next season, 
1314. Now, this was when Poyet took over, and we know we were cut adrift by then as well. It wasn't a decanio. It made a start similar to, to yeah. what Moises made now. And we only had 10 points at Christmas. But we did win on Boxing Day. We went to Everton and won 1-0. Yeah. So that put us on 13, if you include Boxing Day. Following season, 14-15, under Poyet, we had 18 points, including Boxing Day. So we were, doing, we were again, a little bit top-heavy that season. Where we, Well, not saying that, we finished on 38 points, so 18 points before Christmas, 20 points we, didn't we win? after. But Advocat put, like... Ten points together in about four games, didn't he? At the, at the end of the season, to sort of. Didn't, get us when did we line. beat Newcastle in December? In December, was it, it was. Wasn't New Year? It was the day before. No, it was the day before. Well, Hull was Boxing Day, and we lost. It was a game before that. Game before. Yeah. So that took us on to eighteen points. So again, a little bit higher that one. And then last season, again, it seemed like we us and Villa were cut adrift a little bit of everybody else, weren't we? And we lost on Boxing Day as well. So including Boxing Day, we had twelve points. And we finished again on 39. 38-39 is generally what we what we finish on. And we're finished in 17th. So y- you have a look now on two. And you think the lowest was 10 points, but we won on Boxing Day. So you're looking at Boxing Day, 13 points, just to be in touch. Because if you think of how hard these seasons have been, this is not like this. The, these were great seasons. Some of these seasons we're, finishing, we're on 13 points at Christmas and you're worrying. You think mm. we're looking at, like we're cut adrift here. So realistically now, you're looking at what? Another 10? Well, we're going to 10, have to, I would say you'd have to, 11 we're going to have to need 13 now, points at least, aren't we? 13, 14 to, points. To give yourself a chance. So, yeah. so that's 11 points. Okay. So how many games will have played by so Christmas? I was going to try and stay positive before. Well, well <laughs> I, I'm going to go through the games we have now. Okay, I'll count the first. So it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and then the ninth game would be Boxing Day. So let's Day. include Boxing let's Day Let's include then. Boxing Day to see if we can get 11 points. Okay? So, so we have going Ars- to be 18 games we'll have played. Right. So we have Arsenal at the weekend at home. Okay. Then we go to Bournemouth. Then we're at home to Hull. At- then we're away to Liverpool. So if you want to keep a tally of uh, how many points realistically, Gary, because right. I, I had a look at this, I'll be honest, and tell you now, I think seven, and I'm being optimistic. Right. All right. And then we go to Liverpool. Then we're at home to Leicester. Then we go to Swansea. Then we're at home to Chelsea. Then we're at home to Watford. And then we go to Old Trafford on Boxing Day. So I've gone for five points. I've gone for them. seven and I'm being optimistic. I've, that, I've gone for seven. And that's two, me being optimistic. Two, two wins and a two. Because nothing about our form this season indicates that we could get seven points from those games. So that's seven from us, five from you, Gareth, which leaves us potential on seven or nine so, no, points. I'd say split the difference and say so, six points. So, so potentially eight points. Eight points. Which... Which Ooh. would, which, yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. I mean, to be fair. Um, I'm being pessim- massively pessimistic there, by the way. To be but fair, we don't need to be fair the season Poyet was here, we were on 10. So that is only one win or two points below that potentially. But dear me. I mean, that's just to put yourself in touch, exactly. isn't it? I mean, yeah, uh, how many seasons in a row can you pull a rabbit out of a hat? I just, I've got this awful feeling this season that it's one step too far. Yeah. It's just. I hope I'm wrong. God, I've said it in the past, and I've been wrong. And God, I hope I'm wrong again. But it just, there's just something about it. It just feels like a lot of the fans have given up. And Gareth was saying like he felt like the manager might have given up or was about to give up or could look to give up. Then if the manager gives up, then the players are going to give up. And it just, this is everyone just seems to think like, oh, 
And, and, and they, those people that are sort of calling themselves, that, yeah, going to the championship is the best thing yeah. for this club, and then we come back and we'll be winning again. Nope. It's really not. It's we just you're kidding yourselves if you think yeah. like. We haven't got 100 million to spend on players if we go down, and we'll have debts to cover, and we'll have a stockpile of players who probably aren't good enough. We can't get shot off. So, you know, it would be like being in the Premier League at the very start, like as we found over the last few seasons, but worse because we'll be in the Championship. Um, so, you know, I think going down will be disastrous, not not just from a football perspective, but obviously for, for the club, for the employees of the club and for the city. Um, I think that's a sad thing as well about Moyes in, in some ways and not to get too, like, you know... I don't know what Give the word the is. No, <laughs> just like you know, overtly emotional or whatever. But it's just like or, or relating things that shouldn't be relating together. But just think like Sunderland as a team and, and a place, and just think you know, it reflects it like it's reflective. The team reflects the city, and it's about you know, we might not have the best players, and we might not have the best managers, or the most money, or whatever. But you know what? The the players you go out there and. You know the play for the shirt, and you know the it's not it's the attitude is that you you know you you keep going till the end, and you you know you might only be able to give so much, but you know it's about managers getting more than some players are capable out of of for a few games at least. You know, like you you've seen in in other games where players are playing above themselves, and you know I think do we want somebody building our club? Like, because we keep on hearing this thing about it's a bit, it's about um, you know a long-term plan and putting a long-term plan in place and some and Moy's building something. Do I want somebody to build my football club who you know doesn't represent what Sunderland's about? I'm, I'm not talking, I'm not trying to sound like pretentious, like the West Ham way or whatever. But I don't think it reflects what Sunderland's about. I don't think it reflects. I don't think it reflects you know. The club. It's uh, something the new chief you know exec, I mean? exec has, has, has addressed to yeah. be fair to him as well, isn't it? In, in, in what way do you not think he represents the club? Like in, in uh, just his demeanour and his attitude and, you know, for managers to... Like, I haven't got a problem with him saying we're going to be in relegation battle, to be honest, because I, ju- I just think generally, yeah, I mean, teams who are in the bottom eight are going to be in re- relegation don't battle. Don't say it. Yeah. I, d- I don't know about well, that, but like, I can take that in isolation, but like it's everything else on top of it and then his attitude and demeanour and... You know the comments like, "Oh, that's the best you're going to get with this group of players," and 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 saying stuff about, you know, there'll come a point where we have to reassess things. Basically, saying, "Well, we'll have to just cons- admit that we're going to get relegated." Saying that I wouldn't have taken the Sunderland job last season because I didn't think it would keep the team up. I mean, that is for you as a professional, as a manager, to come out and say that you don't think you're capable of doing that job. I think is unbelievable. I think. That like that mindset for me to come to Sunderland and just think well, this is good enough. It's not good enough, and like to to act in a way where you you act as though you, you're kind of like outside as well. You're like you're not involved in the problem. You you like watching it happen. It's like the way he talks about it. It's like he can't do anything about it. He's mm. and it's weird. And I just think like I just don't feel as though like going forward if if you're going to build a build something. I just don't think like I don't want my club to be in the image of that kind of attitude. But I know mm. it sounds. It might Chief sound- Exec disagrees, Guy, because he he's come out and he said what Gav's saying now that he he feels they've lost the identity and 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 
he's related it to the area and the kind of people who were up here. And and, and to be fair to him, because I was just about to say that it might sound a bit patronising. He even said himself, I don't want to sound patronising, and it does sound patronising when people say that. But he thinks Moyes is the man, so this this is this is not going to change in the foreseeable. Yeah, I, I, I often worry about that identity thing. I find it like a bit cliche to say no, it's it a is, modern you, no, thing is, in is, modern right. football. Like, oh, we lost it. What used to be our identity, like I don't know, like a set of set of lads who gave everything they had, like you know, like Sir Paulie, or John Keith, for going back to when you know when I or Gary Bennett when I was younger, or Sean Elliott, if you want to go back to when I was even younger, like is, is that what we see? Is that our identity? Because if you're seeing like I think a fast-paced, well, that's got, I don't well, even that, think that was a Peter Reid thing, though, wasn't it? Like when have we had that? I think Allardyce brought it back, but that's well, going to be yeah, the building. Yeah, that's yeah, gonna, like, that that that's going to be the. The basis of what we do, though, that's got to be the building block. Should be the building blocks yeah. of any of any team. That attitude, and and it should be. But you know, I think there's other things on top of that. That you know, and and I, I do think that you know that I just feel with Moyes at the moment, he just isn't. I just, I just yeah. like that. Just going back an identity thing. I just like. Are we saying like, oh, like you go back to the days when the lads used to come in from the shipyards and the lads no, used to no, come in no. from the pitch because. They ain't there anymore. Everybody works in call centres or at Nissan. Do you know what I mean? Well, it does do it. I mean, like that that identity isn't part of the city anymore. Like you know, for, for better or worse, that is. So then, do we say right? We build a team around this, that, and the other. Yeah, fair enough. If that's the way we want to go, but like this identity thing, like oh, it started with this nonsense when we brought Defante in, and we're we're going to be the you, you, and easy, really. What the hell do we know about you and Izzy? What we've read in four four two, like you know what I mean? Like I don't, I just don't get it. Like put together a good football team that has a way of playing, and then if you want to say right, that's our method going forward, yeah. like the Swansea you've done, or, or or like Man City are trying to do, or whatever, we'd bring people in who's going to play that way, then that's fair enough. But like you can't say, oh, we've lost our identity after all those seasons we've just gone through where we've been scrapping in a dogfight. What identity is that? I don't know, like. Give, find something that works, and then make that our identity. Yeah. No, you you're right. I, mean? I think, like, you know, I don't know if you're taking my points a bit too literally, but no, no, I wasn't, I wasn't saying about you. I was wondering about this whole identity yeah. thing. I wasn't saying about what you were saying. I'm saying this whole identity thing, and I'm not even having to go at the chief executive. It's just for the last five or six years, it's like we've been hearing like, oh, someone's lost their identity. Well, well, tell us what it is then, because I, I don't. I, don't I think know. they can. I think like the connection between the club and the supporters, even though it's strong in in terms of people actually going and turning up and you know selling out weekends yeah. and ev- everything, which is great. I, th- I think since Keane left, it's never been quite the same. Was for a little, little, it was but it, on, in, in little mm? in little bits. But, but it was it's not sustained, is it? It's not no, being sustained but, because he didn't stay. But I, I literally to go back to me point that I made earlier, I literally think that it's been a bigger kick in the guts this season. Because everybody was so... I mean, we didn't think we were going to win the FA Cup or we didn't think we were going to win the league, but we actually thought for once that we might actually win a few games early on. We'd start looking up, we'd start looking mm. to bring other players in in January, we'd start looking at like moving further up the table to even get back, and I hate to see it, because I think the bloke got sacked for the right reasons, but even get back to where we were under Bruce. Yeah, I think like looking back at Bruce at sometimes now, you kind of like think, God... Well, well, yeah, well, well, we had it. We had, we had yeah. it quite good then, you know. Well, but did, not, you, not when he got. But we no. were saying it was off air. Yeah. I was saying I don't. Context, I honestly it? believe that people keep talking about this. Well, you can't be a club who keeps sacking managers, and I, I believe that every manager who's been sacked has been sacked at the right time. Yeah. Like in my I mean, opinion, I mean, 
people might have different opinions. But the only one I would say was a bit questionable. It was kind of because that it still took a few people by surprise. I thought and it the O'Neill one, yeah, and it was I kind of a bit, a, kind of bit where you'd be like, "Oh, well, I'm not sure I've seen that coming." And then almost it was as if people had to talk themselves into it. Now that's but not necessarily talk, like, to say it wasn't the right about, thing because that was though. because that was a dull few final few months on, under O'Neill. Yeah. He, he looked like he didn't want. He didn't, to be have, there. He didn't have a plan yeah. B. Yeah. Like we said that about several managers who were talking off air. He didn't have a plan B, and probably the only one that took me by surprise was probably Keane walking out yeah I mean uh, well, Keane walked didn't he so you I wouldn't think, qualify him and he was having a bad run but he was having a bad run but like we've just talked Keane about how maybe a little bit in Cloud Cougar land there if he, he probably had this idea in his head before he got into management what management was going to be and what the steps were going to be for him and because it was going to plan up until a certain point he, he kind of spat his dummy out. I bet he, I bet he regrets that. I bet, well, he, I bet he wish he was going well, back in his book. Yeah. Well, he regrets it. Of course he did. I've have, I have the the poll here, the Twitter results, and we asked people on Twitter, um, basically, Moyes whether he should stay or go now. Fifty five percent actually said he needs to go now. I did split up the other category in half, and what, what I mean by that is, so I had he needs to go now, or then I had back him one hundred percent. He needs a little bit longer, and I thought that was important to do that because it's possible. To say, let's not sack Moyes now, but at the same time, that doesn't mean you subscribe to the theory where you've got to stick with him no matter what. Yeah. And I will put myself in that category, which was twenty percent. No, sorry, twenty-five percent was he needs a little longer, and that would be because I'm, I, I, I personally wouldn't <coughs> sack him. I can't, I can't say what it would achieve at the moment. However, if we lose every game from now to February, then you can't make a case for him because long term or not. If you can't coach the players you have, then yeah. why should you be given the opportunity to make that a long term? You know the project? most annoying but thing about you... that, though, you've, you're basically you're down, and then you've got a new manager, yeah, and then he can't do anything to affect this season, and then you're going into the championship and you're back to square one, and it's like, right, so you... I'm I'm finding it difficult to make a case for him to stay, like because of for a number of reasons, because. In those 11 games, competitive games that he's played up to now, there is nothing there. There's nothing to think, oh, well, you know what, we've been a bit unlucky there and you know he's, he's been trying to do this and he's been trying to do that. There's nothing there. It's like they've never played together before. And yes, he's got injuries and stuff, but it, that first 20 minutes again West Ham was amateurish. And then he goes and compounds it by seceding in the last 20 minutes, giving West Ham the opportunity to win the game and they took it. And he could have changed it positively. There's... He he can make he can affect the game. It's like he kind of acts as though he can't. You can do yeah. something. You I mean, brought Mini um, to be in. Use him. Put him yeah. up front with Defoe when they make an attacking substitution because then it gives them something to think about. They're not thinking, oh, we can just all pile on and fill our boots like they did playing Billy Jones as an auxiliary right back or playing Mankio as an auxiliary right back or whatever. What 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 does that do shape wise in terms of defensive yeah. shape? Like it's just. It's bizarre. It subconsciously and puts the other team does, ten yards forward. It does. They think, and all they've, they've decided we, we're not interested in getting anything other than a draw from this game, and they got nothing. And it's his fault. I'm a bit on the fence. I'm a bit stick with him. But at the same time, like I know he's come in, and like it was going to be a hard job for whoever came in. But then we're saying there's not not a lot of money to spend, and this happened the other. And then I think he's gone. I hope the kid comes good, but he's gone and spent 13 million quid on and Dong, who's obviously not ready. 8 million on Jilabodji. Yeah, who's a liability. <sighs> he's brought the two kids in from Manchester United, who were obviously not ready. And it's like, and then we brought Anichibi in last minute 
And he's Pienaar, not fit enough. And Pienaar started pretty, brightly, but looks pretty well, poor at the and moment. Didn't, he didn't play at Everton last season for a reason, did he? Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Just, some, of the, some of the tweets here on, on, on this from people, and it's a bit of a mixture, um, mainly stacked against Moyes. I must say, I like the poll, it was 55% um, that way. Um, we have Raz, great at Green Raz. Why is everyone so quick to throw him under the bus? Personally, I don't see him as the problem. Graham Conroy, Allardyce's legacy has been dismantled and £25 million wasted in a very short space of time. Worse off now than when he took over. Wise men say, I'm not sure about that handle, mate. Uh, we've gone backwards. Yesterday, he was so uber-negative for no reason. He's got to go. Ollie Scholes, leave him alone. He's doing a great job. He's a Newcastle fan, but I thought it was funny. Um, Matt Hartley, back him. The pre-season circumstances... Knocked everything up. Not Moise's fault entirely. And the final one I want to read out um, here is from Anthony Morrow, who said, will the pod debate who can realistically take over if he does go? I have no idea who could. I think it's important and it raises the need to talk about stability because this constant churn has led us to where we are. Now, I don't want to speculate too much on, on who a new manager could, could be when Moise is still in a job and I don't think he's gone anywhere soon, but... I guess that's not for us to decide mm. anyway, is it? But stop, but just touch it top of my head. I can't think of anybody. Would my kind of heart would feel like try keen again. I know it's terrible. I know it's but, but, completely irrational. No, I, I completely agree. Do you know what with, I mean? I completely it, agree with you. But then Roy Keane and Ella Short will never work together again. Oh, so like he wouldn't work with Nile Quinn after Saipan. And he wouldn't speak to Mick McCarthy again after but, Saipan. But, but would Short though? Time's a healer. Yeah, but Short would Short though. <laughs> I think Short would do a lot of things at Menson and say in the Premier League. I and mean, if he thought Roy Keane would keep him in the Premier League, I think Fair he'd do enough. it. I, I just, I but mean, there you go. But I don't know. I don't even know if he would. But it's just more. I don't disagree with you. It's yeah. more, I don't know. Like there's nothing to say because his record since leaving Sunderland hasn't been very good. But it just felt as though like the fit was right. He wasn't in a terrible. I mean, he had a couple of poor performances, and if he came back, and he'd learned from those mistakes in in terms of you know sort of spoke out in his book about some of the signings. That he'd make, and I think he loved. I think he loved Sunderland so much. And he I worked think. out. He worked out. He regretted sort of just going with four four two as standard. Yeah, all the time, yeah. And I think, I think he, did, he didn't realise that you could get over right in midfield like that. And, he, and he, yeah, he did. You he don't know which way to take yeah. that though. You think, well, has he learnt? Has he learnt? Um, you know, he, what, what's he taken from the managers he's been working with? He hasn't worked with the most positive managers in the world, has he? No. He, he worked well. at Aston Villa with Lambert, and now he's with O'Neill at Ireland. Who are pretty much yeah, very negative. Yeah, but Kenan maybe you know what it is. I, I just think we well, get. I just think Keane. But like, do you gets, not think like you know that gets, might get what the clubs about? Yeah. You know. But do you not think again looking on the positive side that might be that might have been a good thing for him because I think he came straight out of Man United where every player who's played alongside was like a world beater and what have you, and then came into Sunderland and realised oh there's some players who were not as good as what I was and what me mates were and I think it came as a bit of a shock to the system that there was players out there and no disrespect to, to Villa or no disrespect to Republic Ireland but he's probably worked with players there that ideally probably aren't up to the standard that he would have liked as a manager so mm. as he getting used to well, sort yeah, of well, saying like you've got to cut it's your cut would have been a wake up call for yeah. him wouldn't it where, where, where you think oh actually because he came in didn't he and just everything he touched turned to goal at yeah. first and he must in his head because he was a player at the top level he always will have assumed or presumed 
that the, it was it was going to fall into place like yeah. him for that. And as soon as, of course, it did, you you, you believe your own hype a little bit. And Ipswich would have been the the one wake up call. Mm. I'm a bit surprised nobody's took a punt on him as a manager since then. I think Quinny, you maybe might be doing a keen turning stuff down. I could Possibly, see him yeah. thinking, "No, yeah. I'm not going to do it." I mean, I mean, Quinny was there as well. To be fair, which was a massive part of it, but. You know what he like? He took the team that was relegated with 15 points, who were bottom of the league, with nothing after five games. Um, after an, well, embarrassing defeat to the team who were 92nd place in the country, and he won the league with that team. Now, you know he, that is a great achievement. And then when we went back up as well, you know what? Some of his signings definitely questionable. Um, some of the stuff he did off the field as well. Do you know what I mean? The way he turned the club around yeah. professionally off the field. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't know about the stuff that he did off the field, but it, it made Sunderland a far more professional outfit in a modern day game than yeah. it had ever been under under Kane. So that's off to him for yeah. that. I mean, yeah, he made mistakes, but you know what? Like it was, you know, since he's probably since Reed, you know, the the first man, the manager who really did reconnect, really started to build those bridges after two horrific seasons in the Premier League where we were relegated and. And after that Dower stuff under McCarthy, he really did, you know, put the soul back in. And I think at the moment we're in a situation where we've lost our soul again. And I think we're talking about identity. I think I don't it's mind a, soul. Yeah, okay, I we're don't mind soul. soul. We're gonna have soul. We're gonna have soul. I, I would say what I would say about Moyes, and, and I've used this analogy before, but if you were building a house and you decided and you'd settle on your builder, and after a bit of time you start to think, well, foundations aren't finished, and he's taking an awful lot of tea breaks, and then you start to go on checkatrade.com and start to see some dodgy reviews and that you start to think hmm is this a cowboy builder and do I want him to build the rest of my house and that's kind of where I am with him at the moment okay and that's where we're going to go out the last feature you, you heard us talk about was called um, Heard Your Dad Wants Roy Keane back as manager by the way can we <laughs> plug the live podcast in Manchester <laughs> go, go before on, we go, go on then yeah um, so yes live, man, live pod in Manchester 12th of November at the King's Arms Ale House you can get tickets um, online and via the ALS shop, and you can get that link through our website, www.wisemansay.co.uk. If you're a member of the Manchester branch, um, then you can get tickets from them as well, physical tickets on their buses. Um, there's not there's not loads left online. Um, I think there's about, about 10, 12 tickets left online. Um, and you can get, But you can get physical tickets on top of that um, from the uh, Manchester branch. So, yeah, it'd be good to see you there if you're in the area. Uh, so yeah, thanks. But if you've bought a ticket already, get your mates along, and we're going to record the feature for Rogue Report now as well. Okay, thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.